Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy, and today, ladies and gentlemen, we're doing our top five spookies. Spooky top fives, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, in the time of spooky season, Halloween is almost upon us, and we decided, hey, let's do a top five list. We were going to do a top ten list, but uh, it, it was just... There was some topics that we couldn't find 10 things. So we do we have several lists here of top fives, top, top five uh, Halloween costumes, top five horror movies, etc., etc., etc. It's going to be a lot of fun. Sometimes Rebecca and I like to wax a little serious and uh, talk about deep topics. And other times we like to just, you know, go for the fun, go for the joy. Sometimes you just got to demand joy in this life. If you want to be a patron, come on over to Patreon at Patreon forward slash Chef Bright Comedy. All of my links are on my link tree at Linktree forward slash Chef Bright Comedy where you can give us a tip. One or two dollars is all we ask. A couple bucks a month would really help us. And uh, we're at a point where we're trying so, so hard to help empaths people struggling through life and mental health and the struggling working class that's who we are and that's who we care about and so if you can help us we would really appreciate that very very much this whole podcast is all about helping people with their mental health and their life struggles to give people a sense of clarity and purpose and joy in their life that's what we're all about and we're here to help you and that's why we ask for your help as well it's all about reciprocity but we don't want you guys breaking the bank to do it we just ask for a couple of bucks per month if we get enough people to help us that would really go a long way into helping sustain our mission which is to help regular working people regular people out there in life who are just looking for a little bit of positivity kindness and hope that's what it's all about get ready for some spooky fun and let's begin Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell, Chef Bright Comedy, and today I have my wonderful, beautiful wife, Rebecca Russell. Please say hello to the folks. Hello, folks. So, you guys, welcome back, everybody. So, I'm kind of having a little bit of an off day. Uh, Just kind of got a little bit of a fibromyalgia flare-up, or as I call it, a fibro flare-up. So, I'm a little bit in pain, and then, of course... Had some technical difficulties for no reason at all. You just turn everything on and it doesn't work the way it's supposed to. And then you got to sit there for a half hour playing with it. And then, and the thing is, it's not like, oh, I did this right or, oh, that was wrong and I had to fix it. No, you just play around with the settings until it starts working correctly. Because Mm -hmm. it was giving me this echo feedback on my microphone and not yours, just mine. For no reason at all. That, that's so much fun. It, technology's fun. Isn't it fun? <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, I mean, I love technology, but when it doesn't go right, it's like, it's not just a matter of troubleshooting. Like, if it was just troubleshooting, I'd be like, okay, it's a matter of, it, it's not it's not working right for no good reason. Yeah. And then to solve it, it takes some unknown variable that you don't know <laughs> until you do it. And you're like, oh, God, okay. Anyways, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I am going to have a wonderful day, and so are you. It's a beautiful autumn day. It's, uh, it's, it's got that Christmas in the air. The unfortunate problem is we're also under a smoke 
advisory warning. So we're at 128, which is dangerous for sensitive people, which is including myself. So we got the, I have asthma. And so we have the house all kind of buttoned up and such. But uh, it, otherwise, it's nice, isn't it? It is. And the fire that we're getting this from, they just have, they've got a video of a car where it started. So they think it was started by people being stupid. Oh, man. Either playing with fireworks or doing that some shit. pisses so, me off because yeah. it's not enough that thunderstorms are causing these fires. Now we got yeah. people, yep. little firebugs out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, I grew up on the beach. I grew up with fireworks. I grew up doing all these things. But um, if you can't play with fire responsibly, just... Go away. Yeah. Like, I don't understand people. Like, I I smoked for 20 years, never once started a forest fire. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I don't smoke now. But my point is, is, you know, uh, this show is all about being kind, but it's also about not being um, taken advantage of. We sensitives, we empaths have to empower ourselves. And so this show is mostly about kindness and courtesy and being genuine and real and wholesome and good and decent. But uh, sometimes, you know, the way people are being, it's like you kind of have to deserve it to be a part of our club, guy. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so today, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a fun one. We're going to do a top five spooky list. So we've got a bunch of lists that we've compiled just for you guys. It's uh Horror movies, all kinds of stuff, cryptids, everything. So we've got this list that we both compiled, and we don't know each I was other's just answers. Say, we don't know, yeah. Yeah. So that should be a lot of fun. So I tried to think of things that would be the most kind of fun during this time of the year because, I mean, what is Halloween really? What is it all about? I mean, obviously, you can go back to the origins of uh, Samhain. In, in uh, Ireland. Uh, you want to talk about uh, Samhain real quick? Do you know anything about it at all? So the, uh, the short version, it was first observed by Celtic pagans, and it marked the Celtic New Year, the end of summer, and the end of the harvest season. Yeah, exactly. And I think what it boils down to is whether it's Samhain or Dia de los Muertos in uh, South America, is that really you're celebrating the harvest, And you're also fending off the demons and spirits that tend to come during wintertime. Mm -hmm. You know, because, I mean, really, that's what it was all about, is they were very superstitious about having a bad winter, whether it be bad storms or whether it be uh, catching an illness or something. You, you know, kind of like to face your demons, so to speak, you kind of do this ceremonial thing in order to sort of uh, keep the evil spirits and the evil demons at bay. Yeah. You know? And so what would you say, you know, Halloween is all about now that we have modern conveniences, now that we are nearly as superstitious, tell me what it is about, in a general sense, people dig about the Halloween season. Because, I mean, it's become a year-round holiday for a lot of folks, including ourselves, uh, just kind of in your own words, explain what Halloween is to you. Well, for me, I it's the beginning, well, not the beginning, but kind of the beginning of October, end of September is the beginning of my favorite season. So it's just kind of a, it's like a new beginning. It's the beginning of. Yeah. Well, you know what? I find it funny because we think of this as a turning point. 
from summer. Summer has had its way with all our vegetation. Everything's scorched and burnt. And you would think the death of leaves and the brown and the yellow and the dry everything uh, would sort of give us this feeling of morbidity. But instead, we're kind of... Um, rejuvenated with a sense of wonder. What do you? What yeah. is that? Why is that? I don't that? know. And visually, I mean, even though it's like it's the death of the leaves, it's yeah. so vibrantly pretty. Yeah, that it just lends an air to the atmosphere and well, everything and around you. It and- feels energetically as an empath. It feels to me like a more uh, electric time. I can't really explain it. It, it feels like there's something nostalgic in the air. The crispness of the leaves, the crispness of the vibes. It just feels electric. I, I can't yeah, explain it. I know. I can't either, but I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. So we have these lists, and we were going to do a top 10, but then we were like, ooh, that's a lot of stuff. And so we thought it would be better to just do top fives. And so we have lists here. The first one is top five favorite horror movies. Now, that's to distinguish from top five scariest or most disturbing horror movies, I have a list of that. So there's a difference between what's scariest and what's necessarily your favorite because something can be more scary and not necessarily be something you want to watch all the time. Mm -hmm, So uh, what's your number five, dear? My number five is Lost Boys. Oh, Lost Boys. Oh, I forgot to put that on my list. Mm -hmm. If it was a top ten, it would have been there. But uh, yeah, talk talk about what you like about that movie. I just, I've... For some reason, I've just always liked vampires, and it came out. I don't remember. What, you should know what year it came out. You're yeah, the, I'm, an, I'm a. I'm kind of a. Yeah, the uh, movie I'm, your guru. I'm the movie guru. Uh, I, I believe it was '88. Let me check. Okay, so it's 1987. I was one year off, but uh, I always know the era. I don't know why that is. It's like I can always kind of figure out what was I doing at the time, and and I get this sense of when movies and music came out. I'm always. Pretty accurate within a year. Yes, um, you are. But, uh, yeah, I, I love that movie, too. I, I It's something about um, being from California, having visited uh, 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 that area. I, because it's all supposed to take place in the like sort of Santa like Cruz. Santa Cruz type mm-hmm. area. But they call it Santa Carla, which is not a real place. Yeah. But it has that sort of, uh, yeah, boardwalk feel, the California surfer vibe. Uh, and then it, it, and I don't know, it, and it just kind of makes this, the whole town feel like this spooky, scary place. It's a really interesting movie because the town itself sort of is a character in the movie where there's a lot of kidnappings, a lot of crime, a lot of dirt bags, a lot of boardwalk incidents, if you will. And mm-hmm. of course, I mean, you can't go without the, the, beefcake saxophone guy (laughs) yeah the soundtrack was just super fun i still have the soundtrack Mm. on vinyl yeah and it was just it was just kind of it was stylish and it was when i was a teenager and it just i just have always loved i loved it then it's just fun to revisit it it, kind of speaks to your teenage brooding Mm -hmm. uh sensibilities you know yeah that that emo sensibility because um but uh have you ever seen that meme the one that says, um, lost, uh, it says horror fans, uh, and it says for no reason at all. And it shows that beefcake guy playing his <laughs> <Right>. sex. <laughs> sex. Nobody asked for it. You didn't know you needed it, but now you but know there it is. You wouldn't know it wouldn't be the lost boys without it. Nope, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. That's, that's one of my favorites too. It's not on my list here, but it, it is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the first one I have here, and I kind of cheated a little bit, but I it's a tie. It's a three-way tie between Nightmare on Elm Street 1, 2, and 3. And um, Nightmare on Elm Street was always special to my heart. Um, the first one I ever saw was Nightmare on Elm Street 2. And I was in the sixth grade, and my mom took me with her boyfriend of the time. And I remember that night I got home. It was the first time I had really, really seen a scary movie. And, um, and I remember it was raining that night. And back when it used to rain yeah. in California. Yeah. Oh, good times. But uh, I was sitting there, and I swear to God, um, <laughs> it was raining that night, and there was a tree outside that made a fucking claw shadow on my wall and it was freaking me out and so the second one um you know i know a lot of people make fun of it now because it's homoerotic or whatnot but you know his performance is really good and i've always said that movies aren't always scary unless you feel a sense of urgency in the main protagonist the, the more scared they are the more scary something is. And he just struck me as a very realistic person because it wasn't, I mean, yes, there was some subtext there where, yes, he was scared about what was going on, but he was, it was also sort of a, uh, you know, quiet subtext that he was also struggling with his sexuality and why they decided to make that movie sort of uh, latently homosexual. I don't know, but, um, but it really does kind of feel like, you know, uh, one of those teen angsty kind of worries where you're just like, he he gets on the bus and he's nervous for no reason. And it just, I don't know, it spoke to my little empath heart when I was a kid. And, and no, I'm not gay or anything, but it doesn't matter. It feels like anybody could relate to that feeling of just feeling overwhelmed and scared and nervous just by regular life. Yeah, and I really, definitely. I know that movie gets critically panned and panned by audiences, but because the thing is, if you if you don't know, is that that movie actually wasn't produced and wasn't all the special effects were done by a different company, and so it wasn't really the same people. Somebody else took over, and so they had to kind of redo Freddy's makeup from scratch. It wasn't the original makeup, um, mm. but there was something about that movie. Like, because a lot of people are saying, well, it broke the rules. Well, it's only the second movie. It, it's they're still establishing. Upon, yeah, right. Exactly. It, they're still expanding upon the rules. I thought it was kind of neat that that he could get into the real world through a, a host. Mm-hmm. I thought that was yeah. a fascinating thing. And then a lot of people poo-poo it. But, I mean, they did it again in Freddy versus Jason where the, he can use a host to get into the real world. So, I really found it quite fascinating the way they did it. And for me, it just feels more scary because Jesse's acting is so believable. I really is, related yeah. to it as a young, shy kid. Yeah, I, it's, it's a good one. I don't remember when I saw that for the first time. It wasn't when I was younger. But, yeah. And I do have a um, Nightmare on Elm Street 1 story. A yeah, group of my ahead. friends. I think we were probably like Oh, I know seven, what you're going to say. <laughs> and I might have said it before on here. I can't remember. I don't think but, so. Um, I think we were seventh or eighth grade and there was a group of us and we all watched um, Nightmare on Elm Street one at my friend's house. Mm-hmm. And one of my, one of the friends lived across the street from me. So I don't remember. I think it was my mom that came, picked us up yeah. and we asked if she could spend the night at our house. Yeah. And my mom said, fine. So we walked across the street to her house to ask her mom. Her uh-huh. mom said no. 
So then I had to walk back across the street by myself. And it was like, I don't know, 11, 12 o'clock. And it was dark and it was How quiet. And I was probably junior high. Yeah. Like seventh grade, well, maybe. Yeah. So high. it's just, You're yeah, so I, just, it's, I was freaked the fuck out walking back across the street well, by yeah. myself. <laughs> it's kind of like when we're watching a bunch of spooky shit on YouTube and then uh, I got to go close the drapes because it just makes you feel right. vulnerable, man. <laughs> it I mean, does. Yeah. Yeah. There's just something about the um, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. They got pretty bad by four, five, six. Um, I love New Nightmare, the way they kind of made it more grounded in reality. But um, I always like the mythos of it. I always like the idea of a dream demon. I just, you know, when when Robert England's success sort of got bigger than the franchise itself, they started going in a more comedic tone. And I really do feel like that can be done correctly, kind of like, Another movie, Evil Dead 2, that we'll talk about later. Spoiler alert. (laughs) But um, that was comedy done right. I don't feel like they got the comedy right. It didn't make it more scary. It just made it goofy. And so it lost something. But the first three are solid, man. They really are. The first one, of course, Heather Langenkamp. You can't go wrong there. I had such a crush on her. Oh, my God. (laughs) I was so into her. And then she was later on in on that uh, sitcom, just the ten of us. Oh, she I was the nerdy that. girl, and I was just like, oh, smitten by the nerdy girl. Oh, mm-hmm. give me some nerd love any day. <laughs> oh, but I, I still, I adore her, Heather Langenkamp. I mean, such yeah, a awesome. such a class act. Yeah, she really is. Um, and then the third one, really, oh man, it's it's got Patricia Arquette, and it's got uh, the the dude that played Eyeball from. Uh, from Stand By Me, he played Eyeball Chambers, you know, um, Chris Chambers' older brother, oh, Eyeball okay. Chambers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's got, um, I don't know, it just, it, it's got a vibe that really did reset. Because I think a lot, what happened was two came out and they're like, ugh, what, 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 what are you doing to our franchise? So they, they wanted to put it back on track. And so they got the original team back and, New Line Cinema and everything, and the original effects people, and they brought, put it back on course. And so, even though I don't find it to be a scary movie, it just has a really good plot where these kids, uh, all dealing with the traumas of Freddy Krueger tormenting them, they don't realize that they're the. Do you want to set up the, the 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 whole thing with that? You don't. You don't want to do that. I, yeah, I I don't know it quite well enough. I've okay, seen it a yeah. Few so times, what but... it boils down to is. Is a bunch of, uh, on the original movie, um, we're left, they never show it until later on in movies, but basically a bunch of people found out that they had a local uh, child killer, and, you know, they also, in parentheses, child molester, but they don't, they always keep that kind of hush, quiet, like, it's it's suspected, but we don't know for sure. Until they get to the remake. Until they get to the remake, where they just come out and say it, yeah. Um, but uh, but I love the idea of these parents killing this guy and then releasing him and he becomes this dream demon. It's just a fascinating concept. And then turns around and tortures their children. It, right. So all these people are related to the original Elm Street parents. The Elm Street, they're called the Elm Street kids. It's just a wonderful concept. And um, I don't know why they decided to go in such a crazy silly tone later on i mean sure he was becoming a pop culture sensation but that doesn't mean he has to be a stand-up comedian it just it 
it stopped yeah. being scary for yeah, me. Yeah, it's like they had a few wise-ass jokes in the first couple, yeah. which was good, and it worked really mm-hmm. well, but then they just took it to the extreme. They just took it to the extreme yeah. with the video games, and yeah. now you're playing with power. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> but I just, it, I adore it, and I adore, I don't know what it is. I mean, as a little empath, you would think I would hate horror movies but for some reason i just i love being scared and spooked mm-hmm. it's fun yeah it is all right this thing's gonna be 10 hours long if we go too long so we'll <laughs> we'll try to keep it more succinct but um uh, at the end of the day i love elm street what's your number four babe my number four is a new one that we just saw within the last few years for the first time um trick-or-treat Oh, yeah, that's right, Trick or Treat. That yeah. would have been on my top ten for sure. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, what, what, you want to set it I up? Just, well, it's just a, kind of an anthology yeah. um, story. So it's all these people in one town on well, Halloween, and they an all kind of are but, interconnected. But I was going to say, it's yeah, an anthology, it's, but it's instead of having five separate, separate stories, stories yeah. or three separate stories, it they all blend together in mm-hmm. one cohesive it's narrative. All people in one town, and right. it all kind of goes back to the old days. And yeah, I just really like it. And I love um, just the the icon of Sam, the character. It's Sam. just I love it. It's because it's Saul when is pronounced it's spelled pro- Sam Hain. Exactly. So they so say Saul Sam in mm-hmm. short for Sawin. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it, it just it captures the spirit of Halloween. Definitely. I agree. Yeah, and I just love the creep factor. You, you know, you got the principal who's a serial killer, and you got the the werewolves. Mm-hmm. It's just fun. It's yeah. got a little bit of everything in it. Zombies. It's got everything. Yeah, I know. It it's does. a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Okay. For my number four, I've got The Shining. So I am more of a fan of older stuff, but. Every once in a while, a new one will come out, and I'm like, oh, I'm impressed. That's really good. Mm -hmm. But um, The Shining, for me, I know that Stephen King didn't like uh, this version of The Shining. He thought it was too unlike the story. Um, But what I like about it is um, it's not scary in a jump scare kind of way. It's more of just a creepy thing. And, um, you know, when, when Wendy sees stuff scary... It's almost like it's creating scary stuff form-fitted for that person. So when she sees scary stuff, it looks like Halloween. Skeletons and spider webs and dark dark places where his version of what's scary is different. It's 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 the the monotony of being stuck mm-hmm. with his family with nowhere to go for months on yeah. end and how he slowly unravels and uh and basically, you know, I mean, the story can be interpreted in so many different ways. That's what I like about it is that it's it's interpretive, but basically at the end of the day, what it boils down to is their son Danny has this gift that he figures out that he has the same gift as Scatman Carruthers, the mm-hmm. character who's the, um, he's the, the caretaker. He's the caretaker. The, yeah. Scatman Carruthers plays this uh, uh, African-American uh, wonderful performance, but he finds out that he's like, yeah, I call that, I call that shining. My grandma taught me mm-hmm. how to, know it and and as an empath i really that really spoke to me because i don't have shining powers not quite as uh, strong but i always felt like danny in the sense i was this young scared fragile kid who had an understanding of how to pick up on vibes and uh it just it really spoke to me yeah that's a good one yeah i, I love that one too so go ahead baby okay number three um the thing 
the thing. Oh, why is it not on my list? I didn't think of it. <laughs> I know. That's... If I had did a top 10, I think it would be yeah. there. But yeah, oh, that's of one of my go-tos. Why yeah. would I? It's just one of those things where you're not thinking. But yeah, oh, yeah. the thing is wonderful. And I think I actually, <clears throat> pretty sure I saw that when I was younger. Because my dad did introduce us to quite a few horror movies. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that was one of them. And it's yeah, just, well, it's, it's one of so, our favorites and it's together. It's one of ours together. Our and it's favorite. just, yeah. yeah, it's just so atmospheric and scary and creepy. And well, yeah. Just... And what makes it scary is that um, you're scared because you don't, it's not just that you're scared of this creature. You're scared that your friend could might be, be any one of them. It could be any yeah. one of you. It's got that, it, it, it gives you that paranoia that your yeah. friend isn't quite what you thought yeah. and they're just the isolation of it so it's just all the self-contained yeah thing it's wonderful mm-hmm. so my number three and a lot of these can be kind of interchangeable but um there's movies i love and then there's movies i really love mm-hmm. but i have here the exorcist oh yeah yeah so the exorcist if you don't know came out when i was born 1974 uh it, it was um Directed by um, William Friedkin and uh, the the writer, the director, uh, the writer is uh, William Peter Blatty, and so these guys are friends in real life. And so what makes this funny is um, that they collaborated during this. So he wrote the book, and he was there on set. And so I mean, to have that much direct, you know, kind of connection to the the original writer was really good, but. What, what I have heard, though, is is that um, uh, Friedkin is kind of a, a crazy person in the sense that he would scare people to elicit a response. He oh, would yeah. fire mm-hmm. starting pistols on the set. He w- they, 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 pra- they injured both of the actors. Yeah. The, the, the mom got injured when they pulled the rope too hard when they were she was getting uh, smacked by Reagan. And she fell over and she got pulled to the side. She hurt herself there. And then also when the scene where she's going up and down on the bed, Regan, she yeah. um, she's, she broke her spine. Yeah. And so um, uh, definitely uh, w- back in the renegade era of filmmaking, but um, the performances are great. And uh, even the guy who plays the original priest um, not the priest that's in the, not the two priests that do the exorcism, but the other guy, the priest that's the that go, attends her uh, party, um, like they he slapped he slapped him mm-hmm. really hard yeah. to elicit a fear response right. yeah and uh, just before the take and uh, so you can really see him shaking because he really is deathly afraid of this director because he's a crazy person <laughs> yeah yeah and so I mean you can't get away with that shit today and uh, you, I've heard stories of uh, Linda Blair just very not happy with the way the production went yeah she was a kid so she was a kid yeah Mm -hmm. she was only 12 for crying out loud but but it did make for a great movie what i love about the movie is the atmosphere oh my god yeah and and you know i wasn't always an atheist back when i was a christian that shit scared the shit out of me (laughs) when i was a young kid i i wasn't quite yet religious but i was curious about religion and religious stories always freaked me out because I always felt like I was going to screw up and go to hell. And man, if that, if that don't fucking set your brain straight for a while, nothing will. And that's why, you know, as I became an atheist, uh, I learned that we have to deprogram from religion. Uh, No offense to people who are religious, but you have to deprogram from that feeling that every little bad thing you do is going to send you to hell. I mean, that's no way for a 
ten year old to live. No, and that's scary in itself. Yeah. Do you like that movie too? Oh yeah, I love it. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah just the atmosphere, the mood, the performances. Mm-hmm. Next level. Yeah. Okay, what's your number two? My number two is it's it's a comedy horror, um, mm-hmm. Shaun of the Dead. Oh, I yeah. just love that. Movie I have a so Shaun of the much. Dead T-shirt. Yeah, I love that movie so much. I've seen it so many times. It's, it's, yeah, it's just it's, it's so just funny. It's so witty. It, it's what launched them both as stars because they're so likable. Yeah. Oh, wonderful stuff. Yep. Yeah, I don't even know what it to say. It's just There's, great yeah, stuff. I it mean, is. it's. It's it's witty, it's funny, and I just love like the it has those British sensibilities mm-hmm. that Brits can laugh at and Americans if you know anything about Britain, it just they have these kind of dry and prim and proper sensibilities yeah. and uh just so many little things like uh when the dad, you know, he's turned into a zombie, he's in the car and he still turns down the radio. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just stuff. all around great. Yeah, so many good lines, so quotable. Mm-hmm. It's the most rewatchable movie too. I've yeah. seen it so many times. Me too. Yeah, yeah. So Simon Pegg is one of my favorites. I I just Simon Pegg and uh, Nick Frost. They're just, I mean, the Cornetto trilogy is just. Uh, it's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I got another. Two-way tie this time. Uh, Evil Dead 1 and 2. Of course. Yeah, I mean, how can you choose? The first one's more scary, but the second one has this manic energy that Mm. when I saw it as a kid, it freaked me out. I've never seen anything that was so white-knuckly manic. It was just like, uh, 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 just kind (laughs) of put your nerves on edge. And then as you get older, you start to appreciate the comedic value. I mean... What they put Bruce Campbell through in that movie is so fucking funny. The the flips and the stunts and all the crap. I mean, and <clears throat> Sam Raimi admitted, admits that he puts his actors through it. Even when he did Spider-Man, he put uh, Tobey Maguire through it so much. And it shows in the performances because you can tell they're scared. And he wasn't as bad as, as uh, William Friedkin in uh, The Exorcist, but he definitely... He wants a, to elicit a natural performance, and you get that. Yes, you do. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. I just love those movies. They're just so much fun. They are, um, yeah. And the first one's, you know, serious as a heart attack. It's scary. The second one is scary, but it's more funny scary. And uh, and the third one, uh, Army of Darkness, I love, but it's so, it's one of those so bad it's good movies. <laughs> yes. You know, is. and that's when they kind of realized the meta quality of the Bruce Campbell character, Ash, they kind of understood that he was kind of a lovable moron, but he was clueless. And they used that to the advantage of the humor of the movie. I just love it. Okay, baby, what's your number one pick? My number one is Poltergeist. Ah, yeah. how funny, because that's what I have. Really? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, I, I think it's, it's the first horror movie that I remember watching. Yeah, like I remember it as my first one. Yeah. And I just like, I remember that scene where the guy's looking in the mirror in the bathroom and starts tearing off Peeling his face. Off his like face. it scared the yeah. shit out of me, yeah. but I was so fascinated by it. Yeah. It's just, it's that, just so good. Yeah. I, I you know, uh, I look at it now as, as a, as a whole piece of film. And it, it is so odd because it's got the whimsy of Steven Spielberg, but it's got the depravity of Toby Hooper. And it's just got this nice balance. Mm-hmm. And um, what makes it interesting is that it's the first time you see a horror movie 
out of a track home, a regular yeah, modern it house. It doesn't look spooky. It's not it a spooky look looking like house. Should be happening. Exactly. Yeah. That's that, what makes it scarier. Right. Exactly. And I think that's what they were kind of going for. Mm-hmm. Is just an average regular American family uh, who happened to end up in this, you know, crazy situation. And then as the sequels go on, the movies get progressively worse, but the lore is so well done. You start to understand that uh, what happened was is that the, the neighborhood was built on Indian burial grounds. And then you start to understand this like religious cult and this cult figure who oppressed these people. It, it, it goes yeah, down it the, the, the rabbit hole, but um, it's a lot of fun. And, and yeah, I mean, the performances, I love Craig T. Nelson. And again, I had such a thing for, uh, uh, what's her name? Um, Joe Beth Williams. Um, I, oh man, like the underwear scene. Oh, oh, that was like, I think I went through puberty at that very moment. Like that was the moment I was like, I'm a man now, (laughs) but I just love every little thing about it. I mean, you've got the parents upstairs, like, and they're young parents and they're, you know, they're smoking a doobie. He's reading some Reagan book. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, I don't know. There was something about it. And, um, uh, the kids, of course, are so likable. Heather O'Rourke, rest in peace. Uh, you come to find out that she had, uh, uh, what did she have? She, I think she had, um, I think what it was is she had GI problems. And she, like my grandma, she, she died of cardiac arrest because of leaky gut because she yeah. had some kind of GI problem. And the reason why she's so puffy and she's got those cute little chubby cheeks is because actually she was taking prednisone mm-hmm. and the prednisone was give, making her feel swollen. And um, what a, what a dear child. I, I, every time I watch yeah. it, you, have you heard the, the poltergeist curse? Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because well, yeah, she passed the away sister. and then the oldest sister died. Uh, she was in an abusive relationship with some man and uh, just very sad. And so I, I think because I don't believe in the curse, but but I do feel like when you watch the movie now, <clears throat> not only is it scary on face value, but it's scary because it's got this sort of, um, I don't know, just got this dark cloud over it that makes it more yeah. spooky, you yeah, know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's the difference, you know, is that I love a good horror movie, but just because a movie's scary doesn't mean I actually like it. So coming up next, now we've done our favorites. Now... The most, the scariest or most disturbing horror movies. Now, there's a large, large laundry list of crazy ass scary movies. Some so bad that I won't even watch them. I've heard of movies like a Serbian film. Oh yeah, no, no thank you. Mm-mm. Like it's that's so gross and grotesque. I'm not gonna even tell you what's bad about it, but it it deals with themes that I am not comfortable with, and so fuck no. Yeah. No, it might be disturbing and scary, but who, you know, the, the point of being scared is you, it's like a, like if you go on a roller coaster and it's just scary enough to give you a thrill, but it's still fun, you've done your job right. Whereas right. if you're so scared, you actually think you're going to die. Then it's not fun. Then it's it not fun, the fun anymore. It. it takes the yeah. fun out of it. Yeah. So I've got, I mean, and there's so many more and, and these are just top of our head things. There is no particular order for me. I just know that there's a lot of movies that these are movies that I thought were scared that I would see again. And then there's some movies that are so bad that I just would never see it again. And I, I never did see that one, 
but I don't, I don't want to see it. I, no. I just don't. I don't. That's gross. Yeah, definitely. Um, but what's your number five, babe? Um, these are not really in any order. Okay. Um, hostile. Yeah, Oops. definitely. Um, Ew. It's on my list too. <laughs> Should I just go ahead and tell you? Yeah. Um, that's my number two. Yeah. Uh, my number two is hostile because um, when I saw it, it felt so realistic. And that's what was scary about it. Is yeah. You could you because you're in this weird Eastern European country, and yeah. you can just you can imagine it happening. Yeah. Which just makes it even more disturbing. rich people mm-hmm. h- hunting down these people, and then rich people uh, having these dark fantasies of wanting to torture people. Yeah. And that was during the torture porn scene where Saw and Hostel were making their appearance. And it kind of, it was the kind of the 2004 to 2010 period where there was a lot of torture porn that was becoming the new thing. And I don't mm-hmm. like gratuitous yeah. gore. No. Um, I can tolerate it if it's campy, but when it's realistic, it really scares the shit out of me. Yeah. And that was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because you can really sense the, the reality of this dark, like Eastern European country doing, and and, and nothing against Eastern Europe. No, I mean, I'm not sure they're very lovely people, but you could just see in some third world type country something spooky happening, and that kind of plays to American sense of xenophobia. It does, yeah. Of that fear of the unknown, yeah, you know, definitely does. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely one of mine too. That was number two for me. Yeah, like I said, mine aren't really in any order for these ones. Oh, that's so. okay. I don't think you've seen this one, but I have VHS. I've not seen that one yeah, yet. Yeah, no. uh, it's on Hulu right now. I want you to see it. Um, they're directed by. It's an anthology series. It's a found footage series. Um, the first one's really good. The second one's really good. <clears throat> uh, the third one kind of shit the bed a little bit. And then I hear this new one, VHS 94, is really good. Uh, it kind of returned to form, and so I ended up mm-hmm. buying it. But um, it's an anthology series where people, they break into a home, and then they find these tapes, and they just start playing them. And then all, and not only are the stories within the tape scary... But what's happening outside mm-hmm. is spooky, too. And yeah. so it's got that kind of, uh, you know, film within a film vibe to it. Yeah. And what makes it really scary is that it's done by multiple directors. So it has kind of like the ABCs of death. It's got multiple directors directing it. And one of the directors is the guy who directed it's uh, David uh, uh, Breckmer. What's his name? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You said it off, off, off yeah, air. Bruckner. Bruckner. Yeah. David Bruckner. He's the one that directed this recent uh, movie, uh, Hellraiser 2022. Mm-hmm. He did one of the series in this. And um, it's just so well done. And it's just, you think it's going to be lightweight. You're just like, eh. But dude, it <laughs> fucking scary, man. Oh, my God. And now um, I'm scared to watch it. There's one where this lady turns into this creature. And it kind of turns into like a one night stand gone awry. Mm-hmm. And she turns into a creature and the, the effects are so scary. I can't even <laughs> tell you. And then there's another scene where <clears throat> these people break into this hotel room and just slowly murder the people. And he sticks this knife up through the chin okay, to watch into it. the brain. And I'm like, oh, oh, it's yeah, it's really scary stuff. I mean. Alrighty then. <laughs> um, but you gotta see it because it's good too. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So Any, well, 
I, um, so I didn't do my second. Yeah. Like I said, these aren't in any That's order, okay. but um, Hereditary. Hereditary. Was so disturbing. Is my number one. Is it your number one? Yeah. yeah. Hereditary. Yes. If you guys haven't seen Hereditary, it's one of those movies where it's so well done that you can't not see it. Yeah. Because even though it's scary and disturbing and the one scene, spoiler alert, should we say it? What happened? I don't think I'm going to. Yeah, let's not. Yeah, Yeah. no, but um, the sister, something happens to her. We all know if you saw it. Mm -hmm. And that is disturbing. And then the way he drives home and gets back into bed like nothing happened. Yeah. You could almost see yourself. Can you imagine if something so horrific happened that you went into denial shock? shock Yeah. And you Mm -hmm. just lived your life like it didn't happen? Oh, God. The way that plays with your emotions is next level spooky. Yeah. It is definitely. Yeah. What well, a now, wonderful film yeah, though. Definitely. So now you, okay, so you've got three now. So I'll do my third one, then we'll be even. Yeah, yeah. So um Terrifier. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's not on my list because it doesn't scare me that much. It's not that it's scary, it's just disturbing. It's, it is disturbing. It's fucking yeah. disturbing. And Art the Clown is just he's he, so it, he's a new iconic character. Like he well, absolutely is You know, and he's he's unlike any other clown in the sense that he's so vicious. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, he's just sawing on your leg yeah, or something. And there's a supernatural know? element to him, too, because yeah. he should have died. Yeah. And he didn't. He didn't so. die at the end of Terrifier. And yeah. so, hence, we got Terrifier mm-hmm. 2. And I want to see it. And I'm hearing now, like, Terrifier 2 people are puking and passing out in the theater. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, okay. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, for me, the, the only thing that gets me through it, honestly, is just growing up, uh, having grown up, just loving special creature effects. I had a subscription to Fangoria magazine and mm-hmm. I, you know, and I got to meet and see, not meet, but I got to know Rick Baker and all these greats that were all these special effects artists. Now you got Greg Nicotero yeah. and Tom Savini. And I think the only thing that tempers my fear is just knowing that it's fake, telling yeah. yourself that it's fake and mm-hmm. that it's gore, you know, because. That scene where they sawed that woman in half and terrified. See, I've seen every other part oh, of that movie, but I haven't seen that God. part. I, yeah. I, <laughs> and I, then, of course, he sawed that woman's limbs off in uh, All Hallows Eve. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. God. And yeah, it's so scary and so grotesque. But um, because it's so, uh, I think what makes it less horrifying than, say, a hostel is that it's so over the top that it starts to feel campy. Mm -hmm. And that's what kind of redeems it for me, is that it's so crazy and over the top Mm -hmm. that it it just kind of becomes campy. And that helps you to sort of process what you're seeing, because what you see is like, oh, my God. Really disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Definitely. Okay, number two for Uh, you. It's it's just to remind you, everyone, scariest slash most disturbing. Yeah. Um. The Descent. Oh yeah, that's a yeah. wonderful movie. That would that should have been in my top ten too. And I I, I don't you know when there's you, so many movies there's so, there's many, so movies. many good ones yeah. that you just kind of but that one just <clears> the <throat> the feeling of the claustrophobia oh, of it cla- yeah. just oh my gosh I, yeah yeah I followed that director I can't remember his name now but he directed um, uh, Dog Soldiers oh yeah which was mm-hmm. sort of like a um, a European uh, werewolf movie. Mm-hmm. So well done yeah. with what they had. Cause it's a lower budget movie, but it was so well done. But yeah, I think the descent, what the scariest part of it, of it is 
Yeah, that claustrophobia. The claustrophobia, or they're um, going in these <clears throat> tiny little things. Like, they don't know if they can fit. They're in these freaking underground caves. It's well, just, and it's closing in. I and- heard this story on a Joe Rogan podcast once of this diver who nearly died because they were diving in caves under mm-hmm. underwater. That shit scares yeah. me more than anything. You yeah. will not catch me scuba diving ever, ever, ever. And I mean, I'm, a, I'm an okay swimmer. I grew up, you know, surfing and whatnot. So I can swim. But uh, he said that, you know, if you moved, you would kick up dust and you couldn't and see. see. And yeah. you were trapped and you didn't know which way to go. And he was running out of oxygen. Oh, oh don't. <laughs> I saw the story on YouTube and it yeah. fucking scared me to death. I, yeah. That is the scariest thing. Claustrophobic fear. Mm-hmm. yeah next level yeah yeah if you guys haven't seen the descent do see it it's it's scary but it's not gory so i think yeah. you'll you'll be able to manage but what makes it good is it's this group of women who uh it's sort of an em- a woman's empowerment story mm-hmm. really yeah it is. it's so well done though the characters are so likable and the the scenes uh there's another movie that came out around the same time called the cave which I also own, and it's not as good, but it's fun. I don't so think I've seen that it's, one. It's kind so. of another creature spelunking movie, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah. So because you've kind of taken over and we have a lot of the similar ones, let me just go yeah. ahead and catch up a little. I got here uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah. Now, technically, there's no gore in it. But it's done so well. It feels so visceral that you, your mind thinks it's seeing much more than it's yeah. actually seeing. And so there's really no gore in it. In fact, it's a PG movie. 1974 yeah. PG, but, but still, still yeah. a PG movie. But um, I, I guess what just makes that so scary to me is I never really thought about the depravity of a family all in on a secret. And the fact that they're all cannibals, it just, it invented the whole cannibal family thing where you, you, God, you think about it, you're like, the fact that somebody like that could exist and you know it could yeah, exist. It absolutely could. Um, yeah. There are cannibal families out there. Now, I, I'm not saying they're common, but, <laughs> but it does sort of harken to that understanding that there could be people out there, just rural raised out in the middle of nowhere who decide, you know what? These people make good chili meat. <laughs> like, oh, God. It, <clears throat> and so that's what scares me about mm-hmm. it. It's just this idea that um, a family could be cannibals. And uh, it's it, it's kind of shot like a grindhouse film. And so yeah. it's it's got that nicotine-stained yellow look to it. And uh, it's just and, – and it was hotter than shit during the whole filming. They filmed it in Texas. And, uh, yeah, you it, it just feels like – it just feels so real. You feel like you're watching a snuff film. Yeah, it does. And I think that's what's scary and about some, it. Yeah, and the scary – some of the scariest things to me are the ones that you could actually see happening. Well, so that's yeah. what makes it scarier. Yeah, because can, when it's over the top, it almost helps your mind go, oh, yeah. well, that wouldn't it's happen. That's not real. That's yeah. not real. But when it feels like it could really happen, it's – like I said, uh, there's two things that make a, a movie super scary. It's – it's how realistic or grounded it feels, and then of course how scared or how visceral the um, protagonist is 
being scared. And that's another one where the girl at the end, the la- the final girl, she, yeah. she is, her acting is so realistic that you feel like she's been traumatized mm-hmm. into this just, like she's just shaking. And, and yeah. uh, it's just so well done. It is. Yeah, you know? I agree. Yeah. And then. Uh, All right. And then I got one left. Yeah. Do you want you um, me to go or do you want to? I'll go. Go ahead. Um, High tension. Oh, yeah. That's what? that's on my list, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you guys don't know, the movie called High Tension, also known as Ott's Tension because it's a French director. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name. He used to be one of my favorites. Yeah. So Alexander Aja. He's a French director. He uh, he he did that recent movie called Crawl. That that one with uh, oh, yeah. Barry Pepper and the, the alligator, alligator in yeah. the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, yeah, he's a terrific director. And um, yeah, what I love about that movie is um, it, it's I don't know. It's just so insane. It is, and it's one of those ones like most movies I can watch mm-hmm. again, but. Yeah. We saw it the first time, and then I remember your cousins came over and you watched it again. Yeah, and I left the room. <laughs> right. I went in the bedroom because I was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, yeah, I'm not what, watching that what, one again." What is it about that that <sighs> spooks you so much? I don't even. I I I think I blocked it out. Yeah, well, I there's think... that part where like he's like uh, he's got a decapitated head that he's it's giving it her. Oh, head, that's right. And then yeah. he throws the head out Just, the van. Yeah. Oh, God. That, that is so and nasty. I honestly don't remember details. I just remember it just made me feel so icky that I just... Yeah, well, I, then and then in the end, there's a surprise twist, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, but odd uh, tension, um, is that you find out at the end, and I don't know how I feel about this, but you find out at the end that the killer wasn't, in fact, a killer at all. It was always her. Mm-hmm. She looks in the mirror, and it's her. Yeah. And... Uh, and I'm like, so what? You decapitated a head? Like, I, it didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it was tacked on. Yeah. Um, but I think also the movie was trying to play around with sexuality. Yeah. That there was a lesbian affair and that she was jealous or something of her friend because she wanted to be more than just friends. And so there was some kind of weird... They were going for some subtext there, and I'm not really sure what it was, but... Mm-hmm. I don't know, but yeah, it is well done, and it is spooky as hell. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's a really good, just traditional slasher film done right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's not really even that super gory, is it? I don't There's some remember. gore. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. you know, but it doesn't, it's not extreme. It's just, it just, it just has that tension. It just, yeah, that's why they call it the high name. tension. Mm-hmm. You feel that. That yeah. manic energy of nerves, yeah. that yeah. nervousness, you That's know. That's what I remember feeling. I, like I said, I don't remember much about the actual movie, but I remember <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, so all I have left here, number one, is Hereditary. Um, the reason why I put it at number one is that I think it best represents that visceral fear. Um, we're all afraid of a lot of things. We're afraid of body horror. We're afraid of... Uh, somebody that we care about dying. We're, there's so many ways to manipulate a person into fear and to play on fears. And, and and predatory for me is one of those ones where normally, like I've seen um, uh, Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. I've seen movies about satanic panic and cults and whatnot, and they never do it for me. I mean, they're fun, but yeah. they don't scare the shit out of me. And I think what made this one especially crazy is uh what happened to the young mm-hmm. sister yeah definitely and the performances i mean oh my god what's her what's the actress's name um 
Tony Collette. Tony Collette, yeah. Oh my goodness, what a great performance. Yeah. All around, really. But um, but yeah, I think. Oh, and then that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> stop it! <laughs> yep. If you guys have seen it, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, it's just, um, yeah, it's just the best modern representation of a movie that has that psychological scare. I think a good psychological mm-hmm. scare is 10 times scarier than a slasher movie uh, yeah. because gore can creep, gross you out, but it doesn't creep you out the way a good psychological right. thriller will. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so the next list is the top five Halloween costumes you have dressed up as. Go, baby. Okay. Are we just going to do all five? Yeah, then, just... Okay. Yeah, let's go ahead and just go and down the list. all of these are... Most of them are within the last, like, eight years or so. Yeah. I can't... Like, I know in high school, I didn't do... I didn't dress up much, because I was mm-hmm. in love with those, like, weird, I'm self-conscious about everything years and right. whatever, so... Well, for me, real quick, just, um, I wanted to say that um, I haven't dressed up at work ever because they don't never allowed it where i worked Mm -hmm. and so i have to go way back to think about when i dressed up for halloween and so my list i was like ah what did i dress up as so i i've forgotten a few but these are the ones for me that are the most the ones i can actually remember the some Mm -hmm. of them are just i don't know what happened to my memories but yeah just you know but go ahead, babe. Okay. Um, last year mm. was Jack Skellington. Yeah. And that was fun. I, I love really that one. That. In fact, I used that picture as your um, host picture on mm-hmm. Buzzsprout. We're no longer oh. with Buzzsprout, yeah. but uh, but that was the host picture. Oh, nice. You look so, um, I don't know, just fun. It's so much, it you look so good fun. there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It was fun. I liked it. Um, quite a few years ago, probably like 15 years ago, I was a vampire. Yeah. And I had the teeth and I just, it was fun. It was yeah. super fun. Um, did, did you dress in male's clothing or did you dress as a female vampire? A female. I had oh. a black velvet dress. And oh, okay. A black wig. and. So were you like a sexy vampire? <clears throat> yeah, kind of. That was when I was skinny. So I was in this little yeah? slinky black dress. Right, right. Um, yeah. Um, two years ago, Tina from Bob's Burgers. Oh. <laughs> I still get pictures on our displays of mm-hmm. that. And it's so much fun because we... Um, she got the wig, she got the glasses, she got the blue, like the baby blue shirt, and the um, and the uh, dress. Yep, the skirt. skirt. And I had the sneeze and, eyes. And-, and then I found, because it was COVID time, I found a Tina Belcher mask that, was the that face. is her actual yeah. face. And it is so good. Oh, my God. Anyways, that was just so much fun. It was, yeah. <laughs> and you looked just like her, too. I mean, I was like, couldn't believe it. Yep, it was yeah. super fun. Um, then I did an over-the-top 80s girl. I actually did it two years when oh. I was at my old store and then at the new store because oh, I was yeah. like, oh, we're different places. So right. it was just fun with the neon and the, the net skirt and the Well, yeah, I, I, was trying to tell folks, and, I was trying to tell the younger folks that if you didn't grow up in the 80s, they, they have this understanding of the 80s that it was very, you know, uh, uh, combat boots and dark and camo. Uh, no, that was like that was part of it, but uh, really the neon colors, the bright colors, really made up the eighties mm-hmm. a lot more. I remember because I used yeah. to wear a lot of bright colors and flashy shoes mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then uh, number five was um, when we were living in California. Still, the the prom queen slash murder victim. Oh yeah, where I did the little fake like cutthroat and i was your emt EMT yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) and we went to a costume party Mm -hmm. that that time yeah and i remember a little kid looking up at me like 
are you okay? Like he was looking at the slashed throat that I had. Right. And like, he was like, he was small. Was that so at he the was party? Kind of, yeah. And oh, he okay. was like, yeah, yeah, like he understood that it was Halloween, but he was kind of like still worried about me. Like, <laughs> That's I still sweet. remember that. Yeah. Your little empath and training. Yep, exactly. So that was my top five. Yeah. Cool. Um, no particular order here. Like I said, I mean, I have yeah. to go back a long time. Um, I, I don't dress up anymore because we don't even get kids trick or treating here in the in the trailer park in the yeah. mobile home park. So I just you know I got out of the habit, but I used to dress up for the kids that mm-hmm. would come. But I don't yeah. even do that anymore. No. Um, but uh, I have here the crow. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. I dressed up at the as the crow a few years in the nineties, a couple of times because it was easy and. You always look sexy dressing as the crow. <laughs> you got the hair, you got the yeah. face, mm-hmm. you got the combat boots, you got the sort of like the, the jacket. I don't know. It's kind of like dressing like the Matrix, but with white face. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and it just worked, you know, because when I, at that time is when you'd go to costume parties at, say, like a bar or a restaurant right. or something. Yeah. And so uh, I always went as that because it was easy and the girls always found me sexy. So I just thought, hey. <laughs> Why fight it? <laughs> uh, rest in p- peace, uh, Brandon uh, Lee. Yeah, uh, they're making a. They're doing a remake. Are they? Yeah. Hmm. Guess who's going to be the star? Who? Bill Skarsgård. Oh, the, the guy that huh. plays uh, the clown yeah. Pennywise from It. Yeah, hmm. he's a great actor. He's I can see actor. it. I can yeah. totally see it. In fact, I I don't know if if it was a real job or not, but I saw. A picture of him in the crow makeup, mm-hmm. and he looked terrific. I'm like, oh, wow. I'm, I'm okay. listening. I'm, yeah, I'm game. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, and then next I have here Darth Vader. <laughs> nice. And the thing is, it wasn't even a good Darth Vader. It was like, yeah. the, remember the cheapo plastic? Do they even make those anymore? No, they don't. Thank mm-hmm. goodness. Mm-hmm. Those things were not only stupid. But they're a fire hazard. They were. I mean, <laughs> stop, drop, and roll, Timmy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but those things are awful because, I mean, it was made out of this cheap plastic. It didn't breathe. And mm-hmm. the only part that made it worth a damn was the mask. Right. Because the costume yeah. was just like wearing a white trash bag with a print of right. whatever <laughs> it was that you were supposed to look like. And so you're, yeah. you look like a cartoon from the neck down. And then the neck up, you've got a mask that mm-hmm. kind of sells it. But right. I just remember being, uh, what, five years old. Uh, we had a little parade that we went to at school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, you know, there was people that came and give you candy. And they did all kinds of contests and prizes and games and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I just remember having a great time. And having that Darth Vader mask, everybody was pretending to be scared of me. Right, I, exactly. It just made me feel good. Yeah, totally. <laughs> But uh, and then next I have a werewolf. Okay. Uh, I actually bought a really good werewolf mask, and it, it it had it didn't have real hair on it, but it was just well crafted mask, mm-hmm. and so you could wear anything and then just put the mask on. But well, the, yeah. I, I finally got rid of it because I I really I get claustrophobic in masks that make you hot, where you're breathing in your yeah. own hot air. It's, yeah, Ugh, it's like ugh. You're, like, sitting in there, and it's, like, soggy and wet, and you have to, like, pull the mask up and wipe your face Some off. In there it's, like, and... it's just got your own bad breath on there, on your face. Oh, but um, but it looked good. But yeah. it looked good. And then, yeah. lastly, I have here Superman. Right. Superman was always my favorite. I was, you know, as 
as a youngster, Superman was where it was at because there wasn't a lot of nuance. Children gravitate to that 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 pureness that is Superman. Mm-hmm. And then as you get older, Batman becomes more cool because Batman's dark and right. you yeah. know uh, more av- morally ambiguous. But um, but Superman was always just that pure character to me. Christopher Reeve was Superman in my eyes. Just he had the look down. He had the the wholesomeness down. And uh, yeah, Superman was great. And really, I mean, at the end of the day, we could do a whole show on the psychology of why we're always looking for a Superman to save us. Because aren't we all? I Mm -hmm. mean, you know, Superman just stands for that, you know, doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. I I just, I don't know. I like that. Yeah, I think most people do. Yeah. And so the last one I have here, this is the one that's most memorable to me. Um, my mom helped me with the costume, but I dressed as a wizard. Oh yeah. And, um, she, we took, um, we glued a bunch of, um, uh, glitter to the hat. It was a witch's hat that we turned into a sorcerer's hat. And then it was kind of like a witch's costume that we turned into a Merlin costume and we put stars and moons and stuff on it. Oh, cool. And the reason why I remember is because I lived with my grandparents at the time. And uh, it was it was their house, and that house has so many memories for me. But we never got the glitter off the kitchen floor. <laughs> there was glitter on that floor from that point forward. Yeah, and it was we sold the house with glitter in the floor. <laughs> they probably redid it, but uh, yeah. So I just remember because I would always look down and see glitter and go, Ah, oh, I remember right. that. Oh, and speaking of glitter, I just remembered one year when I was working as medical assistant. Um, Somebody had a Dorothy costume. Yeah. And I remember I had a pair of black shoes and I just put spray glue on it and then just dumped red glitter on it. And they were the coolest shoes. They turned out so good. But yeah, I just left a trail of glitter wherever (laughs) I went. That whole office had red glitter all over the floor that day. Yeah, glitter gets everywhere, man. It does. It's the herpes of the craft world. (laughs) That's what I've heard it described as. I love it. I've never heard that before. I like that. The herpes of the craft world. It never quite goes away. Oh, that's so good. Okay. So now, you know, really trying to get into the spirit of Halloween, I wanted to talk about the five favorite things about Halloween time. Because, I mean, it's different for everyone, but I'm kind of hearkening back to uh, yesteryear here, the nostalgia of what I remember excited me about mm-hmm. Halloween. So go ahead with your list. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, my list um, is just mm-hmm. the autumn light. It's just got that the kind of warm light. It just feels different. It's just, I love the feel well, of it. I'm going to tell you mine. It's uh, the crisp, cool air and the electric feeling of fun and nostalgia in the air. Um, yeah. Yeah. The light. I, I think the angle of the light shining in much lower. Mm-hmm. So you get the deep shadows. Yeah. Uh, you get the, the leaves. You get the, I don't know. Does it make sense that there's a crispness in the air? Yeah, As an empath, I've always took taken that for granted. I don't know if others feel it too. It does to But me, there's an electricity but... in the air that mm-hmm. I can't quite, um, yeah. you know, for all the talking I know how to do, I can't quite explain what I mean because... As an empath, I always assumed that everybody felt it, but I don't know that everybody does. Yeah, I do, but... Yeah, well, you're yeah, an empath, exactly, too. Exactly, so... But I think sensitives, they just feel that change. Mm-hmm. Summer's like... And then all of a sudden, it's like, yeah. ah! And it I just remember, feels different. Yeah, I remember feeling that as a kid, too. And I liked... I 
it was fun going back to school. Mm-hmm. So just the whole getting your school supplies ready and just yeah. the fall season. It's totally. just it's just so it's so nostalgia driven. It's nostalgic. It's, it's wistful of, mm-hmm. of a, a bygone era. It's I don't know. It, it reminds you yeah. of the sim- simpler times, I guess. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, go ahead with um, number four, babe. Number four is the weather when it's true fall weather like we're getting this year. Yeah, it's kind of. It's still warm, but not too hot. It has been too hot, but it stopped last week. Right, just right. Just kind of the cooler and just the sun. And then yeah. I just, I love that. I know. Well, you know, summer comes on so hard. And then so when it finally starts to wane, it it, it's, it gives you that relent, that relief of, ah, oh, I can breathe now. Because, yeah, you're constantly sweating your sack off yeah. all, <laughs> all summer, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, um, Oh, go ahead. Okay, I'll just finish. Yeah, mine. just yeah. finish your list. Yeah, um, the trees. The I trees. Just love, yeah, because especially up here, there's more um, actual fall-looking trees. Yeah, because in California, California, a lot of evergreens, mm-hmm. so you don't get the yeah. leaves as much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the decorations. I love that pe- more people are decorating for Halloween now because it never used to be a thing when we were a kid, yeah. really. And now, just everywhere you look, people have inflatables and lights, and yeah. So it's I finally, love that. you know, I think for a while there. Uh, Christian culture was kind of making it feel like uh, we, like we had to poo-poo yeah. Halloween because you know you know how they're kind of fear-mongering that it's what what do they say uh, it's, no, no, it's demonic or satanic or yeah no, and it's know. it's yeah what is some they devil say? bullshit it's it's, it's yeah it's <laughs> the, the devil's holidays the devil I don't believe that that's nonsense no well because they're so afraid of the occult and yet I yeah. don't know it's like. Well, what's strange to me about that is that a lot of Christian um, traditions were pagan. Oh yeah, that's yeah. So that's a whole. Other... Never mind reality, but yeah. you know. But and then um, yeah, my last favorite thing is just it's the beginning of the holiday season. Like I just I love Halloween. I love Christmas. I love just the feel of Thanksgiving. The feel. It's the last just, three months of the yeah. year are always just holiday, holiday, holiday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just yeah, I've always loved that. I love that too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um. So I have, of course, I said the crisp, cool air and the electric feeling of fun and nostalgia in the air. And then I have the parties. I don't go as much anymore, especially in COVID times. Um, but I, I just I remember going to a mm-hmm. lot of fun parties. Sometimes they were at bars um, where you didn't get blitz, but you just had a great time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I just love the feeling of electricity in the air and the parties. Uh, the parties were so much fun as a kid and as an adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then you're going to think I'm weird here, but the girls. Um, I can understand well, that. Yeah. I, I, for a few reasons. Okay. So the girls, I always loved, like, remember the first time you saw a boy or a girl with their hair wet, like swimming, and it makes you them look different. You're, you're mm-hmm. used to seeing girls a certain way, and when you see them different, it's like, oh, my God, she's gorgeous. Oh, my God, she's so beautiful. That, for me, is very nostalgia-driven. Mm-hmm. And so the girls, it was the first time that you saw a girl not dressed as usual, but dressed up different, and it helped you get a bird's-eye view of not only how beautiful they are, but also um, what they're into, what they like, and not yeah, not even if, not necessarily even sexy stuff. Just mm-hmm. the girls just felt, I don't know. They let their guard down that time of year, and they allow guys to like be guys, like mm-hmm. to, to lust after them, and they 
women can, you know, most of the year it's like, no. But then that time of the year, it's like, yes. And the guys mm-hmm. are like, cha-ching, yay. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it's just the, the girls yeah. were um, the energy of mm-hmm. their um, happiness and and their um, just looking different, feeling different. Um, there's something about female energy I always loved. And I'm not trying to be a horn dog. It's not, no, I don't mean I it in that regard. I just mean the, the, the ladies were just makes life feel better and so when women let their hair down so to speak you see them from a different perspective and it really does open your eyes to the totality of who they are and Mm -hmm. and i just i guess i became very wistful of that because you know you see the the girl that you had a crush on you see him in a different light and you're like oh my god or someone that you never even saw before that way and then for the first time you're like oh my god they're really beautiful (laughs) like it just Helped you see people in a different light, and it kind of gave, I don't know, it just had that feeling of electricity and mm-hmm. excited, excitement yeah. to it. Um, and then lastly, I have uh, uh, the movies. Yeah. So it's the time of the year. Um, you know, I we do watch horror movies year-round and paranormal stuff year-round, um, but never as much as we do right now. There's something about October... You feel like you have to watch horror movies every night. (laughs) And uh, there's just something about going back to the original Halloween, going back to all the old movies of the 80s and 90s, and uh, even some of the new stuff now. It just, I don't know, it harkens to, I think, um, all year long we're talking about politics. All year long we're talking about crime and the news and all the horrible, terrible things. And then... Halloween reminds you that there's still neighborhoods and people that are normal. So I guess it harkens back to a sense of normalcy uh, that that neighborhoods and real good people, regular working class folks with regular working class houses still exist. It, it, in other words, it it helps you remind you of what's because, like I said, all year long, we're bombarded with terrible things, scary mm-hmm. things and not in a fun way, just horrible awfulness of life and so it's just that one month where um we can be excited to be alive mm-hmm. yeah i told you know what i mean that. yeah yeah absolutely. and the movies help you do that it does just yeah. help celebrate this time of the year mm-hmm. so yeah. anyway so that's the uh, five uh favorite best, things about halloween favorite time. things we like about halloween time yeah so now we have top five halloween candies go baby <laughs> okay so I'm just going to go all of them. Yeah. So this is one of those very controversial candies. You either love it or you hate it. Uh-huh. But those old school, they used to call them peanut butter kisses. They were the little peanut butter kind of toffee candies in oh. the orange pack. They're the, wrapped up like little old school candies. Oh, okay. Orange or black. Oh. And yeah, and they don't make them anymore. I yeah. found some a couple of years ago that were kind of the same, but they hard on the outside and soft in the mm, middle. Not necessarily, mm. kind of, because I think there is actual peanut butter in the middle, but yeah. I don't know. It's just one of those old school. Okay. And something that was so- kind of similar came out a few years ago, but it just didn't taste the same. It wasn't huh. the same. So but it I don't tastes know. like peanut butter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't and, remember those for some reason. Yeah. Look those up. And some maybe. people are just adamant about hating them. And it's kind of one of those love-hate things. Like, yeah. Um, Reese's shapes, because they taste better in the shapes than the regular Reese's peanut butter That's cups. true. Why is that? I think it's a better ratio of chocolate better, to peanut butter. You get more peanut something. butter, I some, think. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, Smarties. I don't know why. I just love Smarties. Smarties. What are those? The little round 
like oh in the little tube oh little yes, round candies yeah. that are just like pure sugar like it's kind of like nerds like well small hard candies yeah but they're just the little circles they're like they yeah powder oh. basically oh are you like a powder no well, it wasn't like the actual powder no those were pixie sticks pixie sticks right but smarty right. yeah look them up because you'll you'll know what i'm talking about um yeah and then, i do i just i'm trying to no, remember I said you'll know for sure if you oh see a okay picture. yeah um we're and then, arguing no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Milky Ways. <laughs> Milky Ways, yeah. And then another controversial one, candy corn. Uh, yeah, what's the deal? Um, I don't hate candy corn, but it's definitely not my favorite. Um, I I love the look of them. I love, uh, you know, because, I mean, they look like corn. They look like little kernels of corn. And they have the multicolors kind mm-hmm. of reminding you of, like, Indian corn, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I mean, as much as we don't like the flavor, I mean, really, what would what would it what would Halloween be without it? Though, <laughs> right? really, exactly. Yeah, it's so reminiscent of, especially the past. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay, so I have this in kind of descending order, kind of my favorite. Yeah, mine was, but they're order. all kind of my favorites. But uh, I have three Musketeers. Oh yeah, all nougat, it's baby. All nougat. You either yep. like all nougat or you don't. <laughs> Yeah, Three Musketeers. <laughs> uh, Almond Joy. Those are good. Yeah, yeah I, I like always loved the, the almond with the coconut. Yum. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snickers. Another I mean, great one. It's well, Snickers is nougat and... And caramel. Caramel and, and peanuts. peanuts. And chocolate. And yeah. chocolate, yeah. It's so it's it. kind of got all of it there. Mm-hmm. And then Twix. Yeah, I was more of a um, peanut butter Twix over the caramel Twix. Mm-hmm. Yummy. Very good. Yes. The only thing I don't like about Twix is anytime you open one, somebody wants you to share with you. <laughs> like, motherfucker. No. no. <laughs> These two Twix have got my name on it. Exactly. <laughs> I'll share. <laughs> um, and then the last, of course, yeah, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. But I have to agree with you. The shapes are a little bit tastier. I think they They're have just, more peanut butter. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Um, is there any... That you can think of that just are mostly just Halloween candies? Not really. Yeah, I'm I trying to think. think. Um, candy corn for but, sure. Yeah. But um, but I, I, there's so many I like, though. I like nerds. You know. Yeah, Nerds me too. are always good. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. What's the worst thing you ever got in your trick or treating bag? Anything weird or anything unusual? I don't think so. I never got anything weird. Yeah, we got the car. Was... We would get the 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 caramel apples. We and oh, we'd always yeah. have to throw them out right, because there might be a razor. There blade might be a razor them. blade, which <laughs> only happened the one time, and it was a guy trying to collect insurance on his kids. Yeah, right. I know. Um, but that starts a. It starts those uh those rumor mills. It starts. What do they call that? A, uh, a, a an urban, urban legend. legend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So if you don't know, there's a story of a guy who put razor blades in the kid's candy. And I think what he was trying to do is he was trying to collect on his own children's life insurance policy. Actually, I don't think it was razor blades. I think it was um, pixie sticks. He put oh. poison in the pixie sticks. But then it just kind of mm-hmm. became everything. Became everything. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We're always afraid of the crazy ladies mm-hmm. trying to kill the kids. Right, exactly. <laughs> or the crazy guy. Or, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we used to get like, um, I don't know. I love always... The houses that we give full size bars, 
I don't think I ever had any of those. Yeah, you would go up to Cabrillo Estates. Mm-hmm. It looks so right? you know. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. Um, I, I just, yeah, anytime you would get like real food, I remember like the crazy lady would give you a can of sardines or something. You're like, what the <laughs> hell is going on here Right. with this lady? Yep. Okay. Top five favorite cryptids. Go, baby. Okay. Wait, I gotta find my list. There we go. Wait. No, wait, there's my list. Okay. <laughs> um, not again, no particular order. Yeah. Um, Bigfoot. Yeah. Mothman. Yeah. Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. The Nightcrawler. Yeah. And then there's this one that I don't the even know. The Nightcrawler. Is that the, the Fresno, Fresno Nightcrawler? Nightcrawler. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. so weird. And then one, I don't even know if you've heard of it. I've heard of it mostly because of my cross stitching group. Yeah. Um, there's this thing, and it's totally not the real. Bun yip? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, it's one that's totally not real, but it's called the Squonk. No, I haven't heard of that one. So it's this ugly little wrinkled little weird creature, and he knows he's ugly, and he's sad about it, so Aww. he's always crying. Oh, <laughs> he's the saddest little. But is he so ugly that thing. he's cute though? Yeah, well, he that's is. Good. But he doesn't know that, so he he's doesn't always know that. crying. Aww. So well, that's when you sad. just gotta say, "Hey, but, little fellas." Okay? I know exactly. You're beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, that's kind of cute. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, that's funny because we have a lot of the same ones. Yeah. I have here the rake, yeah, the skinwalker, Loch Ness monster, Scottish mm-hmm. roots. Yeah, I'm Scottish. Bigfoot and Mothman. Yeah, um, you know that's why we don't do more shows on uh, cryptids. Is that I have to be relatively, uh, at least mildly, believing that this thing could exist. Um, when I started doing research on the rake, come to find out, it was invented on 4chan. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, damn right. it. Yeah. Because I really was thinking that maybe that was real. Like mm-hmm. maybe maybe an alien had got left behind from another planet <laughs> right. and he, he kind of became like, uh, I don't know, wild. And then you've got yourself a wild alien that mutated right. into yeah. a, a rake, I, mm-hmm. you know. So I was really hoping that the rake was real. But um, uh, the Skinwalker, I'm still like, yeah, you know, uh, I've seen a few compelling videos and we watch of course uh, secret, secret of skinwalker, skinwalker ranch uh i am on the fence about the skinwalker but um at least it's compelling enough to do an episode on where people swear up and down especially native america culture that it's real that it's a shapeshifter that sometimes it takes on the shape of a man sometimes it takes on the shape of a wolf uh and that it can actually shapeshift into multiple animals if it's trying to evade capture or evade being seen mm-hmm. so i don't know there's a lot of myth and, and legend to it but uh for me you know maybe there's something but, weird yeah. to it i don't know yeah definitely and the loch ness monster i had all but written it off and then we ended up watching this mm-hmm. live feed and this documentary about loch ness where this guy's like no it's out there i have it in uh, captured on my i guess this guy does a live feed from his ha- from his house because he lives right there on Loch Ness, and so he, you know, if anybody sees it, he's like, "Tell me," and then he'll rewind and he'll mm-hmm. look, and there it is. And so they've they've captured a lot of stuff there, and so you know, between that and uh, other type uh, underwater monsters, who's to say that a serpent doesn't exist from tens of thousands right. of years ago? Yeah. So I'm still. 
keeping my heart alive yeah, and Loch Ness I know. is real. I, I'd given up. <laughs> I'd given almost given up hope, and then I, we did watch that thing, and, and it, there was some other evidence that I can't remember what it was, but faith. it did. It definitely did. And same with um, Skinwalker Ranch and the other things we've read about it. It it really does re sort of recapture your imagination. So mm-hmm. I don't want to give up hope on those. And yeah. then. Um, I had all but given up hope on the Mothman, too, until we started doing our research. I think it was season one that we did the Mothman episode. And, you know, it was a lot of fun. But more than that, I mean, had we not found recent events that very summer, two weeks prior to us doing that episode, there were Mm -hmm. sightings of the Mothman at the Wisconsin Fair. Yeah. So I was like, okay, all right. Yeah. Maybe I'm trying to believe here. Right. Um, So I I hold out hope for the Mothman. Now, I don't know if it's just a biological critter or if it's a cosmic being, um, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I want to believe in cosmic creatures, darn it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, Bigfoot, good old Bigfoot. Yeah. I have a soft spot for Bigfoot. I cannot... Hell yeah. yeah. It's limitless. And really what gives it a lot of credibility for me <clears throat> is that there's a lot of people in the business who are kind of, eh. So there's people like Todd Standing, who I like as a person, but he's so excitable that, um, and he's got a YouTube channel. I can't remember. It's like, is I want to say Islamic Bigfoot, but no, it's Islanda, is something Bigfoot. Anyway, but he's got, look for Todd Standing on, on uh, YouTube, you guys. And you'll see why sometimes he takes some of the credibility away because he has a tendency to be just overly hook, line, and sinker with everything. Oh, that, that means, was definitely that, that was Bigfoot. Definitely Bigfoot. That was, yeah. yeah. It's like, eh, you know. And uh, I know Les Stroud, uh, Survivor Man, has done shows with him. But uh, who really gives me hope in the field is Dr. Jeff Meldrum. That guy yeah, he's, he's, is very grounded, very yeah. smart. And uh, I just feel like he offers a lot of credibility to the Bigfoot. And uh, I really do think that Bigfoot exists. I do. I do, too. Um, I don't think he's common. I think he's a rare offshoot of Gigantopithecus, that he he evaded detection, and he probably only lives in the really rural areas of the Pacific Northwest and the Yeti, and there's certain places of Russia and various places, but... Um, the skunk ape, all these mm. different places, uh, I believe it to be real because I know that man for the last 100,000 years has competed with other hominids and that most of them died out. But um, why couldn't there have been a hominid species that sort of evaded detection because he knew that man was out there and just decided, you know what? This is our home. We're going to stay right here. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I really do feel like there's hope for it. I do too. Yeah. Top five paranormal TV shows. Go, baby. All right. I had to kind of go look up paranormal shows because I couldn't remember the names of all of them. It's been a while. But um, I think my all-time favorite is I Love Paranormal Caught on Camera. Yeah. so good. Just go Um, ahead and list all five. Yeah. Um, I couldn't remember the name. Why did you give away the best one first? It's not really in any order. It's just well, you're kinda, supposed to. I told you to put it in order. I told you mine weren't in any order. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes. Um, one called My Ghost Story. I do what she says, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> My Ghost Story. 
ghost story. Um, that was one of the newer oh, ones we yeah, discovered where they story. actually had the real people and the real people yeah, in the reenactments. And it was just, it was good really one. good. Yeah. Um, UFO files, even though it's UFOs, not it's paranormal, right. but that it's, one yeah. with um, Ben Hansen. Mm-hmm. Um, Alaska Haunting. I remember we watched that for like a year or so on the oh, yeah. um, that Travel Channel offshoot. Yeah. Um, and that one just, it, the atmosphere of it, and it had some really great stories to right. it. And then I'm just going to go OG, old school, Unsolved Mysteries. Because that oh, like yeah. piqued my interest in That's all this kind stuff of what, when I was yeah. a kid. There was a lot of stuff in the 80s and 90s that kind of, you know, piqued our interest and mm-hmm. held our interest and long enough for us to yeah. be and still doing it today. It wasn't completely paranormal, but they mm-hmm. went into a lot of that. So that just kind of got my interest in yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, good. You, do you have any more nope, for us? It. Okay, yeah. So my list goes as follows. I have Portals to Hell. That's the one with uh, Ozzy's son, Jack mm-hmm. Osborne. Um, you know, sometimes I get a little annoyed when people have built-in success just because they're related to a famous person. But whatever. He's a nice kid. Yeah. And uh, especially that he's grown up. I didn't care for him all that much as a teenager on the show. But now that he's grown into an adult, he's a very conscientious young man. I, I like yeah. the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're going to a lot of places that um, are, they're trying to find portals. And so what's fascinating to me, and we've done episodes on it, is that portals fascinate me. Uh, um, Not just portals to hell, but portals in general. The idea that something could slip in and out of our world fascinates me. And so that show kind of piqued Mm -hmm. my interest. Uh, Next up, uh, the the Carnival Barker himself, Zach Bagans, Ghost Adventures. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, he's gotten a little obnoxious over the years. His wealth is a little... I don't know, overblown, we'll say. But um, but we can't deny that Zach Bagans has been our sort of paranormal leader in yeah. the public zeitgeist mm-hmm. for 20 years. Yeah, I And agree. so you can't deny that he has kept the field alive in terms of pop culture fascination. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not you feel like he's contributed to the science or not is, is you know, yeah, up for debatable. grabs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but but you can't deny the fact that he at least loves what he does, and to have the museums and everything that he does, he clearly has a fascination in the paranormal and the macabre, and so I have to give him props for that. Yeah. Uh, original Ghost Hunters. Yeah. Um, uh, we've met Grant Wilson. Uh, I've talked to several of them on Facebook and various social medias over the years, but... Um, I just find that they were the most grounded. Uh, it, it it felt like, hmm, this could be real stuff. Yeah, definitely. And when things happen, it doesn't feel overly crazy. It feels more believable. And so mm-hmm. it gave a, a groundedness to the field that I thought it really needed. Yeah. Uh, Paranormal Witness. That's the one I couldn't think of the name of it. Yes. That would yeah. have been on mine if I could remember. So Paranormal yeah. Witness, yeah. if you guys don't know, that was the one that I think is on, what, Sci-Fi Channel? Is that Sci-Fi or is that Travel? I can't remember yeah, now because we remember. watch it streaming now. Yeah. But uh, I think it started on uh, maybe Sci-Fi. I think maybe, yeah. But uh, Paranormal Witness is just basically recreations, but it's well done So well done, yeah. Kind of reminds me, there's a show on Netflix called uh, The The... The Haunted, mm-hmm. and that's a really good one too. And it's just too. real life people with recreations of the stories and tales 
from yeah. their haunting. And I find that really cool stuff when it's done well. When it's done well, yeah. Because there's some that are not done very yeah, well. Yeah, <laughs> some are not done quite as well. And we'll get more into that, you guys, on YouTube. Sorry it's taken us so long, but uh, Rebecca has been very shy about showing her face on camera. And uh, I'm trying to talk her into it. But uh, we're going to do episodes where we review for video on video on YouTube various shows because we want you guys to know the good ones from the bad ones and which mm -hmm. ones we find most credible. Yeah. Um, we'll get there. Yeah. Are you okay <laughs> with showing your face on yeah. screen? Mm -hmm. We could put on Jack makeup first. <laughs> right. We'll just dress you up. There you go. Yeah. That works. <laughs> but um, anyways, and then uh, the last, yeah, last but not least is a paranormal caught on camera. Um, that one to me is just taking real footage, things we found on YouTube. And not knowing whether or not to believe it. And then seeing, oh, wow, they actually tracked down the person. Mm -hmm. So it, it gave credibility to the paranormal that no show really has ever done before. On a level yeah. that I feel is really good. Now, do they get a little fantastical and whimsical sometimes to sort of push the narrative? Sure. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I really do feel like what we're dealing with is the most compelling evidence that I think is standing up to scrutiny of all yeah. the experts. So yeah. that is the show for me is the holy grail of the best paranormal show out there today. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. Very good. Okay. We're running out of time, baby. Real quick. What's your top five favorite horror movie subgenres? They are again, no particular order. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> psychological thrillers. Yeah. I love those. Um, I love period pieces. Oh yeah. So the, just the atmosphere of everything, which kind of leads period into horror. period horror. Okay. Yeah. Which kind of like leads, the witch. Yeah. And like, um, well, cause one of the next questions is supernatural horror movies. So that will kind of yes. go into that. Um, but along with period pieces, um, I love ghost stories. Yeah. I love hauntings and yeah. most of the period pieces do deal with that. Mm -hmm. So I love that. Um, well, I think the reason why a good ghost story is fun is because not only is it a paranormal supernatural story, but it's also a period piece a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And also it's a psychological thriller. Yeah. Cause you're trying to find out what right. the heck is happening. Exactly. So yeah. it, it works on different levels. It does. Um, so I think that was three. Mm -hmm. um, and then zombies and vampires. Zombies and vampires. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Um, good job. Yeah. Um, I have here uh, found footage. Um, I yeah, love are... when it's done right. The Blair Witch Project, you know, it's not scary by itself in and of mm -hmm. itself. But I remember when I first watched it, I was in my 20s. And I went home oh, that yeah. night, and I had nightmares, boy. Yeah. I had and I nightmares. think I told you my story about that. Yeah. When where the movie theaters, it, there used to be trees alongside of it. Yeah, And so we were parked right next to the trees. So right. we had to come out of that movie and then go right to our car that was right next to the trees. And it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. yeah, found footage found is footage awesome. Is and just, when so it's good. done well, yeah. it can, like VHS is one that is done well. Uh, the Cropsy is another one that mm -hmm. was done really well. Um, there's a lot of uh, found footage stories. I think Cropsy, am I thinking that right? I think That so. might be a that documentary. One can't remember, yeah. but I, I know there's a that. handful of found footage. When it's done well, it can be really good. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the first paranormal activity yeah. is well done. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then I have slasher. I like a good cheesy slasher. Yeah. You know, 
give me boobs or give me death. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'll have my friend put that on a shirt for you. Give me boobs or give me death. I know, right? Um, yeah, just, I don't know. Something about 80s cheese, mm-hmm. man. Uh, something hokey. Yeah. And then I have psychological thriller. I'm reminded mm-hmm. of the movie Red Eye. I love yeah. that movie. That was uh, a movie with What's-His-Face from Peaky Blinders. Um Killian Murphy and Rachel McAdams. It's a, it's a, I, I'm afraid of flying anyways. So anytime you put me in an airplane, I'm already scared mm-hmm. right off the bat. That also happened in a, I think, a, a Twilight Zone, the movie. Uh, the sky was flying and there was a creature on the wing. Ugh. <laughs> wow. Forget yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so a good psychological thriller. Um, you know, we're scared. By what what feels most real to us, what's most visceral for us. So, if you can get a story that feels compelling and real, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be way scarier. Even if something else is more horrific, um, something yeah. that feels relatable uh, always scares you more than something that's not. Yes, it does. And then I have re- uh, religious horror. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. I'm not religious anymore, but um, just I was always fascinated with religion. I didn't understand what it was. I didn't grow up in a religious household, but my neighbors were. They took me to church a few times. I eventually became a Christian for a time. Um, but, uh, you know, even though I'm an atheist today, there's something about religious horror that does mm-hmm. it for me. The Exorcist, Stigmata. I don't know. There's something yeah. creepy about it, yeah, you know? I agree. And then, uh, oh, and then uh, The Exorcist 3. Terrific stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then I have, uh, yeah, the last... Uh, uh, paranormal, supernatural ghost stories. Those are always yeah. our favorites, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just love a good period piece. I love a good ghost story done well. Um, and there's a bunch of good ones. We'll have to watch one tonight. I know there's one by that director of Hellraiser 2022 that uh, is a good ghost story. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Well, I've got a couple on my supernatural horror movies list, which is coming up. So Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, David Bruckner... He did the ritual that's on Netflix that one about the Wendigo. That yeah, was fantastic. That was good. Yeah. But he also directed one I haven't seen yet called The Night House 2020. Uh, it's got an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it says reeling from the unexpected death of her husband Beth, played by Rebecca Hall, is left alone in the lakeside home he built for her. She tries as best she can to keep together, but then she dr- then the dreams come. Disturbing visions of a presence in the house call to her, beckoning with a ghostly allure. But the harsh light of day washes away something. It stops right there. Hold on. Sorry about that. It, it just disappeared. It stopped uh, showing anything. So I said, but the harsh light of day washes away any proof of a haunting. Against the advice of her friends, she begins digging into his belongings, yearning for answers. So... So I just love a good one. Um, I know that other one was pretty trippy. The the innkeepers. Mm-hmm. That was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that was. And then what was that one with uh, old timey actress? She's been around forever. Uh, the oh gosh, what's her name? Okay, God, my brain went bye bye. Uh, but I had to look up Tom Cruise because I remembered. Okay, that actress that was with Tom Cruise in that one movie was in it. Oh oh, it was the. <laughs> Uh, far and away and then i looked up her oh nicole kidman and then that movie from 2001 called the others which i remembered 
I know. The name of it. Yeah. I think I'd seen that one and you hadn't. Yeah, but that's yeah, a good that's a ghost good, story. Good period and then, ghost uh, story. That one with the uh, Harry Potter kid. The the that's actually on one of the lists. So let's just talk. Let's just talk about supernatural okay. movies. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. The, um, Go for it. That was the woman in black. The woman in black. That was I, really good. Yeah, we ended up seeing the sequel. It was okay. It was okay. He yeah. wasn't in it, but mm-hmm. still well done. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was a great supernatural period piece. Um, yeah. And since we're kind of on that vein another one supernatural period piece um crimson peak crimson peak yeah so so now we're talking about our five favorite supernatural horror movies you guys so go ahead and just list off your list hon um i've got woman in black crimson peak um conjuring Mm -hmm. um actually you put top three so i only i put four movies okay um and then white noise actually i changed that but you didn't fix it no you didn't tell me okay (laughs) i told you but you didn't do it but um and white noise that was the first time I'd ever We're heard of the EVPs. arguing. <laughs> I swear to God, you guys, I told her, but she didn't hear me, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, getting back on track here. So go ahead. What were you saying? <laughs> I had four movies. Yeah, go ahead. I just said them, but I'll say them again. Yeah, say them um, again. The Woman in Black, Crimson Peak. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, um, The Conjuring. Conjuring, yes. And uh, White Noise. And white noise, yeah, yeah. That all those ones really captures your imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of the white noise sequel, White Noise Two, with Nathan Fillion? Yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, it was a different it was concept, different. but it was. I did like it. Well done, though. Yeah, it was very well. But done. they tried to make it sound like, well, why didn't the first one do this? Because that's not what white noise right. is about. No, exactly. White noise is about EVPs, and, mm-hmm. and so it was a natural sequel to take it to the next level yeah but you wouldn't want to start there no definitely you know, not. because in the sequel if you don't know you guys he basically he has a near-death experience and then it makes him see who's about to die you get this shining light around you and so he would end up saving people but then he finds out that there's a bad side a downside to saving someone who was marked for death and it kind of has that sort of um I don't know, uh, like like you can't you can't screw with death kind of vibe, right? Yeah, kind of like that. What's that? What's that one with all the explosions and all the final destination? Final destination. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. thank you. Gosh, uh, but it kind of has that you can't escape death kind of mm-hmm. vibe to it. Yeah, and it was really well done. But um, but I really liked the first one because. I really liked the warmth of the characters in the first one. It had a more emotional grip, at least for me. Yeah, I because agree. you felt because you didn't really feel like he was agonizing over the death, like he should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know he yeah. was sort of acting it, but it didn't feel visceral to me. The first movie felt more visceral, and then he goes to this guy, and he's a little bit of a nut, a little bit of a crackpot. And then he starts learning that what he's telling him is true. And that's where he meets a girl who also lost somebody. It just felt more visceral. And uh, I like the idea of people who have lost someone finding each other in life. Mm -hmm. That that really stuck with me. Yeah. And that was in the second one, too. But it wasn't quite as as compelling. Yeah, just what didn't feel as compelling or real. To yeah. me, but I like the concept. The mm-hmm. theme was, and it was executed well. It was just that it just it. it what does it have to do with EVPs, though? You're right. What does it have to yeah. do with white and noise? It really it, didn't. It didn't. It took no. that concept to its ultimate conclusion, which I thought was fascinating. But it, but 
is it about EVPs and white yeah. noise anymore? No, no it wasn't. Nah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it was still very well mm-hmm. done. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I erased my list accidentally of the be- of the top five supernatural movies, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Oh, where'd it go?" And I restarted my phone, and no, it's gone. It didn't. I don't know. It's out in the ether it's, now. Yeah, it is. like a ghost. It's <laughs> out of the ether. Yes, so I, I recreated it the best I could. There was a couple I forgot, but uh, my the main ones is uh, the Conjuring. I, I love the Conjuring. Yeah. Uh, I, I and. Uh, uh, it's just a well done movie. It's just I think it brought really back great. ghost stories. It did definitely, and it just is wonderfully done. Yeah, James Wan, you can't go wrong. Uh, the Babadook. Oh yeah, Babadook. That, Duk, Duk. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was a great one too. Yeah, and then there's uh, Oculus. Another good one. That's the yeah. one with the girl from the Guardians Mirror. of the Galaxy. Yep. Mm-hmm. The one that plays um, and um, Sackoff. And Katie also, Sackoff also was White in Noise too. White Noise too. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And then uh, Drag Me to Hell, I think, that is was a fun one. just yeah. Sam Raimi. It's all he's got that manic style. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. Uh, and then one you guys might not uh, know as much about. It's a psychological horror thriller, but it's also a ghost story. Uh, Session 9. That was the one in the old in the old asylum, asylum right, they where they started okay, digging yeah, up tapes. That one's really good. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that was a really well done one. But... Uh, and then, um, uh, just as a uh, honorable mention, I have here uh, uh, Insidious. Yeah, the Insidious franchise. So too. I love yeah. those ones as Me well. Too. They got a little bit more ridiculous as time went on, but because I love Lin Shay, mm-hmm. I think, hey, yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so really, what I'm trying to figure out here is you know because i've got several lists left and we're running out of time so i just want to kind of ask you just quickly what scared you as a kid what's something that's always scared you and then perhaps who and what scared you as a child that may or may not still scare you just run down your list quickly yeah things when i was a kid um i was terrified of tidal waves because we saw a we had, movie. We had twat, and we had tidal wave drills and yeah, school, we man. did. And we saw a movie <laughs> where these people were trapped against a, a cliff that was they couldn't get because it was a beach and then a cliff. Oh yeah. And where we lived, we used to walk on a beach, mm-hmm. and the end part of the walk was near Shell Beach where the cliffs are. Right. So it just scared the shit out of me. So well, yeah. I was scared from then on to go walk on the beach. Well, I had no idea that the chances of a tidal wave are rare. But we got on buses as if this shit was really going to happen. <laughs> we, we didn't were, go we, quite that far. We did drills. Because yeah, you were we, right on the beach. I was beach. right yeah. on the beach in Morro mm-hmm. Bay, yeah. Yeah. You were in... Um, it was in Grover, Grover, Grover so City. Not, I mean, still very close, but yeah. up higher a little bit. They used to call so. it Grover City, and then they changed it to Grover Beach. Yeah. Now it's more touristy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yes. But um, go ahead. So, yeah, that um, scared the shit out of me. Makes um, sense. Of course, all 80s kids, nuclear war. Yeah. So scary. We had drills like, for that too. Drills for that, and, yeah, the, and that well, movie you know, that came out that time, and, and that was just, during the Cold War, and, mm-hmm. you, and that's probably why we did it. But nobody told us anything, right? Yeah, we were no, always the didn't. last to know. <laughs> just get on a bus. We'll just drive to where it's safe. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then um, one thing: when we walked to the beach to get to the beach from our house, we had to cross train tracks, yeah. and there wasn't any, you know, signs or any like things that came down, so you couldn't. It was just the train tracks were there. Yeah, and. It just always scared the shit out of me because I knew the train tracks did the train tracks just because, yeah, because 
trains can, contrary to what a lot of people think, they can be a lot quieter coming up on you than you yeah, think. Yeah, I've heard that. And um, it just always used to scare me. I mean, we'd, right. we'd obviously look and you could see there's nothing coming, but it's every time I just get this feeling of dread before we'd go across the yeah. train tracks. Well, <laughs> you hear the horror stories mm-hmm. and you grow up hearing people get hit by them. You're like, yeah. how did they not hear it? But right. I, I think you're right. Sometimes they, it can be there were suspiciously a couple, yeah, quiet. There was a couple times when we were walking to the beach and there was a train coming. So we had to wait and we were like 10 feet away watching this train go by. So it was, it, it scared me. Yeah. <laughs> so, Anything else on your list, babe? Um, the Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle was big in the 80s. And yeah. It scared me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. So <laughs> yeah, no, I know. You know, um, you know, I think there's definitely something to that mm-hmm. I, I think um magnetic uh you know tools and stuff don't work there well and so whether there's actually any aliens there or whether there's people crashing there or not or getting lost out there i don't know but but it, you know maybe there's something to it maybe it's just there affecting people's instruments and therefore fill in the blank right it's, it's a mystery yeah yeah. But that was, it was just kind of, it was one of those things that was everywhere in the 80s. So, yeah. <laughs> just no, you're right. Anything else? No, that was it. Okay. Yeah. Cause I got a bunch of stuff here. Uh, let me go, let me sort my list out here. Okay. So I have here Strangers. Stranger mm-hmm. Danger Oops. was a big one, but um, I, one time, and I don't think it was as serious as all that, but as a youngster, I had two teenage that looked like adults, like seniors in high school. They looked like adults to my little five-year-old ass. But they chased after me, mm. and I was on my bike. Yeah. And they were probably just being dickheads, but I didn't know what they were going to do. So I learned Stranger Danger. Fuck you. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, so Stranger scared me. Um, well, there was always the, the threat of someone in a van when we were kids. Yeah. Like, it was yeah, just Stranger Danger is yeah. a real thing. Yeah, um, absolutely. Especially in those days. I mean, it still mm-hmm. happens. I mean. Yeah, it does. Um, but, uh, and then I have Tweakers. I, I, I'm reminded of that episode of Breaking Bad where Jesse had to deal with those two Tweakers and the baby. And the baby. Yeah. Oh, it's so creepy because yeah. they're parasites. They don't think like regular people. They are living dead. They're It's like a virus. Yeah. It's like a it's like, I don't know, tweakers scare the shit out of me. They're mm-hmm. so gross. Um, yeah. That doesn't mean I want, you know, I'm not trying to be judgmental. You know, I want them to get the help and I want them to get off drugs. But I learned about tweakers when I was living in Reading. And I'm just like, who in the fuck would live yeah. like that? Dumpster diving, tr- trading yeah. things for dope. It's like. And then great. like we read the article a few months ago about the, the meth that's out there now that causes right. more paranoia causes more, and more mental problems right. so it is and even that, scarier and so they're now. scary yeah mm-hmm. and they're always see i know enough about it to know that they're they're opportunist thieves and they mm-hmm. will look for places that they for to their tweaker eye looks suspiciously alone mm-hmm. and they'll go there and they'll rob the place and yeah. you don't know you know i mean this Just idea the that they could come into your house it. the unpredictability it's yeah. freaky yeah mm-hmm. uh people going crazy uh I think of movies like Jacob's Ladder, The Machinist, Serpent in the Rainbow. Uh, people going crazy. Um, uh, you losing your own mental faculties. There's something inherently yeah. scary there is. about craziness, whether it's yourself or somebody else. Mm-hmm. So that idea of going crazy, um, you, you know, a lot of movies have done it. I know that was, there's a movie with, I think it's with, um, uh, so there's a movie with Nicolas Cage. It's directed by Brian Taylor. 
and it stars Nicolas Cage and uh, Blair Ann Winters. It's called Mom and Dad, and it's about these parents that turn on their kids. I don't remember that one. Yeah, let me tell you the synopsis here. So yeah, it's Mom and Dad, a teenage girl and her little brother try to survive a wild 24 hours during which a mass hysteria of unknown origins causes parents to turn violent on their own children. How did that fly under my radar? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. Hmm. So we should probably look into that one. Yeah. Yeah. It might be on Netflix even. But but the point is, is that people who, you know, that you normally love, your parents especially, to turn on you, kind of reminds me of that movie called The Crazies Mm -hmm. with Timothy Oliphant, where this virus turns people into crazed lunatics. And, uh, you you know, there's a lot of movies like that, but just craziness. It's yeah, scary. It is scary. Yeah. yeah. Being able to lose your faculties or lose the the love you have for someone that is most close to you mm-hmm. is quite upsetting. Yeah, it is. And then uh, here I have top three weird things that scared, confused, or worried us as kids. Mall Santas. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't like them. <laughs> you know, they always, I don't know. I, there's plenty of good mall Santas, I'm sure. But uh, I don't know. They always look like little perverts in training. I just always yeah. afra- was afraid they were pedophiles or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I just have here in general creepy adults, right? Just yeah. creepers. Yeah, creepers scare me. But, yeah, still to this day mm-hmm. when I see somebody's energies off, I'm looking at them like, hmm, something up with that guy. Yeah. Uh, the that city, is- the city. Uh, I come from. I I I was raised in L.A. I moved to a small town, but then later when we'd go back. It scared me to be there. Yeah, because when you're not used to it, and it's, it's big so foreign and it's scary and, and mm-hmm. foreign, right? Yeah. Um, and then I have uh, kindergarten. Kindergarten scared me. It was a very confusing time in my life. Nobody was. I mean, if people were telling me, I certainly wasn't paying attention. I was just a little, little ADD kid trying to figure out life, and uh, it was a very confusing time. Oh no. I know you used to go to your babysitter every day, but now you're going to go to this place instead. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just like okay. And like your your yeah. brain isn't quite online yet, mm-hmm. so I really don't have much of a memory of five, six, seven. It's not until I'm about eight, nine years old that I really started understanding life, and that my brain finally went online. <laughs> right. You know, especially in those days. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kindergarten was a very confusing time for me. Uh, do you got anything else, babe? Um, as far as childhood or now or anything, yeah, anything of. Actually, one thing does come to mind when I was a kid and now I'm terrified of someone breaking into my house. Yeah. It's very, just, it's like, yeah. it's, it's your, it's like the your movie comfort the place. Yeah. That is one of the scariest things to me. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I have here, um, uh, top five scary things, um, night, th- top three scariest nightmares. We don't have time for that. Uh, but I have fears naked at school. Mm-hmm. That dream. That oh, these are dreams. Um, yeah, I had a dream of of secret agents spying on me across the street in the trees. That was a recurring <laughs> nightmare I had when I yeah. was about twelve. And then uh, falling off a cliff. Yeah, uh, always had Oops. dreams about it. Still have scary dreams about falling off a cliff. And uh, I was scared of cliffs too. Mm-hmm. Just falling, as you should be, as you should be, right? Yeah, things do happen. Yeah. Um, but that's really all we have time for. Do you have any others that you had written any loose change going rattling around? Um, just like as far as, um, like nightmares and things, I don't have a lot of scary things. Like every once in a while, I'll have one where somebody's chasing me and there's like blood and stuff around, just yeah. weird. 
most of mine are like really anxiety inducing kinds of dreams. Like right. I'm trying to type a phone number. I'm trying to do something like I'm trying to ring somebody up at the grocery store and I can't remember anything. And yeah. it's just, you have this feeling of like helplessness and anxiousness. Of like and, brain paralysis or yeah, something. And that's, yeah. yeah. So, well, and that's at the end of the day, what horror movies are all about. It's about playing on our real fears. And so we have mm-hmm. fears that we are known fears. And then there's fears that we didn't realize and yeah. we create a new kind of fear. And mm-hmm. that's what that song, Hey Man, Nice Shot, is all about. He's talking about a senator who killed himself in public, and it created a new kind of fear. This mm-hmm. fear of somebody offing themselves in front of you, it was gory. And I've seen it on television. It's yeah, on that basis of death. Mm-hmm. And it is absolutely disturbing. And so you don't realize, but we are so vulnerable. We so much depend on... People be acting right. We depend on society having rules and having a, a sense of normalcy. And so when those things are ever twisted or contorted or perverted in some weird way, at the end of the day, it's so easy to play upon our vulnerabilities. Yeah, it is. You know, because, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I mean, think about it. As we all, we all like to think we're so strong, we're so tough, but a sharp stick will kill you. Yeah. We are, we're vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah. Even the strongest amongst us. I'm a pretty strong guy, but at the end of the day, doesn't take much to take out a person, man. No. And so, yeah. Um, uh, any any final thoughts about what the, our list? Being human is scary. If you really stop really to think is. about it. It really is. And, and so that begs the question, why do we find these things entertaining <laughs> then? Maybe because there's a know. safety in it. Maybe. We know there's a guardrail. That's probably And it. that's why that's... movies that don't have a guardrail, like a Serbian film, are like, oh, no, thank you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's it. And it's just kind of a way to kind of a way to get your fears out and kind yes. of conquer them a little bit. Absolutely. And... I, I always find that, that roller coasters, uh, anything that challenges your fear line uh, helps you become, it builds character. It allows you to express your fears. And for me... I used to watch horror movies, say I'm depressed or anxious or something. I'd watch a horror movie and it would scare me. And then afterward, I'd be like, well, at least I'm not being chased by that (laughs) psycho killer. That's true. And so it kind of gives you a sense of relief that those things are Mm -hmm. usually not the norm. Yeah. And it's not happening to you. It's not happening. And so there's a a comfort (laughs) in realizing that your your boring, quiet life is actually Mm -hmm. quite spectacular. Yeah. I definitely think so. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it is kind of weird, especially with people like us that are empaths and sensitive. Yeah. And really, like, sensitive to people and their feelings. Yeah. And to like that kind of stuff. It you is, would think that we wouldn't be. But I think that's be. the case with a lot of yeah. people like that. Well, I'm ten times more fear fearful of real life stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just fearful of documentaries over movies. Oh, yeah. Um, that's why I don't like, you know, MMA. I don't like football. Now, I can watch it. It's, you know, I, I'm used to it. I've I've gotten used to those things in society. But empaths are especially, uh, you know, they, they don't like the, the bad juju, the bad energy that some things give off. Mm-hmm. And that's creepy people. That's crazy people. That's anybody with ulterior motives. And that's uh, people, you know. Just anything that um, that's that's overly excessively violent or uh, unsettling uh, yeah. just always upsets 
our sensitive hearts, you know. Yeah, it does. But uh, anyway, you got anything more for us, babe? No. Yeah, it was good list. About a lot of stuff. No, it was fun. Yeah, I like making the lists and coming it was up a, with stuff. It was a lot of fun, and that's what you know. That, this time of year can be, um, you know, it's like some people are lament over summer being over, and then you got the slow transition into winter. And I fucking hate winter. It it gets. I mean, I'm a I'm a I sleep in. I get like. I wake up and then four hours later it's fucking dark out. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I, I never see the sun. I'm just like, I'm not looking forward to winter, and I'm not looking forward to my seasonal affective disorder. My, I always get sad during that time and I get over it. So I'm gonna try like mad to stay physically active. I always tell myself I'm gonna do it, and then it never feels right because you're, you know, because but, you're depressed, because you're depressed, and- <laughs> because it's dark, because it's gloomy, but. Yeah. I think you really have to keep yourself motivated in the winter, especially up up in the northern territories where it's gray a lot. You have to stay busy. Keep yourself yeah. motivated. Definitely. That's what it's all about. But uh, thank yeah. you, baby. Yeah. Welcome. Good, good stuff. Yeah, it was. Anyways, thank you guys so very much for listening to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. If you like the work we're doing, come on over. Help us out. A couple bucks amongst friends. What's the big whoop? Uh, you can uh, be a patron, a patron on Patreon. That's Patreon forward slash Chef Comedy. And also, you can go over to our link tree. That's link tree forward slash Chef Comedy. All of the links are there. Uh, put a dollar or two in our tip jar once a month. Hey, man, we're trying to help you. Try to try to help us. What's the big whoop? <laughs> Thank you guys so very much. We love you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye bye.